0: Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Karmich, your host, and we're glad you're here today. I tell you what, it's been a crazy week. I was out of town for a bit. I had to go up to Louisville and take care of some business and have a little fun with my family. It started out, I got there on Saturday, and as I go through the airport and walk down to the baggage carousel, waiting for those bags to come across, I see this, a couple of large, oh, like sports utility bags, okay? I I see the number 32 on them, and, and beyond that, I realize this is White Sox, or at least the White Sox logo's on there. I said, wait a minute, 32? White Sox? That's Gavin Sheets, right? Yeah, okay. Hmm. Guess he's in ten. Maybe hmm, he's got family or something. No, I think they're playing tonight. Oh, he's not playing with them tonight. No, Gavin wasn't playing with the White Sox. He had been sent down to the Charlotte Knights. And the Charlotte Knights were there in Louisville that evening to play the Louisville Bats, the Cincinnati Reds minor league affiliate. So I definitely had to go see that game. And what was also interesting about that game was that the Redbirds had a, not only just an MLB player who had recently been sent down, and actually wasn't sent down there, he was actually for rehab in Louisville. And that was the National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, well, man, I could see a couple of major leaguers here playing the park tonight. Well, the game went you know fairly smoothly at first, but then at some point, everything happened. I think a player got hit by a pitcher or some ugliness about it, and a few players run out onto the field. A coach has run out on the field. Managers run out onto the field. The dugout's empty, and it doesn't seem like there's a fight. But there's a lot of people gathered. And front sitting in front of me, there was a family of, oh, let's see, about six or eight people, a couple of different parents and a bunch of children. And three of the young kids there, three young boys, jump up and in unison start shouting a chant, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what baseball is all about, chanting to go ahead and make sure we got fights. I guess these are the same people, well, who probably enjoy NHL for the wrong reasons or NASCAR for the wrong reasons as well, but uh, that's okay. That's that's childhood, and I was glad to see young people at the ballpark. Just wish that wasn't the most exciting part of the game for them. Uh, we had a good time, and unfortunately, the Bats did lose to the Charlotte Knights that night. But it was a it was a fun evening, and I got to remind myself of the joy of being at a minor league park. You know, it was the nice thing there at Slugger Field? For that's, that's the Louisville Bats Field. It's it's open. It's down there by the the Ohio River at the edge of Kentucky, and you know you can see Indiana right across the water. It's a it's a great place for an open night, and when they have fireworks there, it's fantastic. You can at different parts parts of the park you can you can see the entire city of Louisville, and it is an exciting event. So I always encourage all of you to to go and enjoy minor league baseball when you have a chance. Find a find a league near you. Find a team near you. You know, find some friends. Take them. <laughs> find somebody with some kids. You know, let them enjoy the game too, and hopefully they won't be sh- jumping up, shouting, "Fight, fight, fight!" Yeah, there's a lot more to the game than that. So we'll see. And as long as I'm ranting here, since Brandon isn't here to curtail me, I will tell you this much. we got to do more for minor league players. You know, I, th- I think they need to be at least some sort of subset to the Major League Baseball Players Association where they're they're getting paid a reasonable wage. we got to make sure that these guys don't have to moonlight working at uh, the Home Depot. And maybe they're not doing that during the season, but a lot of the folks have to have a second job to be able to participate. And that takes away from training time, you know, off season. In a moment, Brandon's going to give us a rundown on all the MLB teams, you know, across each division. And the one thing that's going to stand out is the New York Yankees. They are just incredible. Uh, I just watched the last couple of games on TV with the Tampa Bay Rays, and it was stupefying. The Tuesday night game, they won – and that was a two-to-zip win from over the Yankees, over the Rays. And no earned runs, by the way. <laughs> Just some master flub-ups. Poor Manuel Margot out there. The ball was hit out in the general direction between right field and first. He's going toward it, but it looks like it's going to be a foul ball. And lo and behold, I guess he didn't really put the passion into it, thinking, oh, it's going to be a foul. But, you know, it would have been an out either way. It was, However, it was fair. And by the time he realized that he didn't have the ball, and he realized there's actually a runner, it was too late. You know, the guy's advancing. So then later, (laughs) there was a mess with Randy Rosarina out there. Poor Randy, he gets the ball out there, and he has a little difficulty getting it in. He tosses it from all the way back in the outfield by the warning track and tosses it into home, trying to get it to Mejia. Mejia, the catcher, has to move off of home plate, and tries to catch it. It goes past him. Uh, Fortunately, Corey Kluber, the pitcher, had came back behind Mejia, but he was a little late. So one run comes in. And by the time Corey Kluber gets the ball to throw it to Mejia, it's too late. And a second run has come in. So a few errors really gave the game over to the Yankees. But you got to realize there was some fantastic pitching going on that game. You can't expect a whole lot of scoring when you've got Garrett Cole, a Cy Young award winner, out there pitching for the Yankees. And then you also have Corey Kluber, a Cy Young award winner, who had previously just been with the Yankees, pitching for the Rays. So I wasn't overly surprised at the score. I was just a little surprised at a little bit of the sloppiness and shows you how quickly a couple errors can make a big difference in a game. But then, Wednesday, Wednesday night. They play again also in New York, the Rays and the Yankees. And you want to start things off? Well, let's hear how it went. Here's the beginning of the game for the Yankees at the bottom of the first. Any way you cut it, he's their center fielder. The 3-2. Driven out to late center field. All we'll go back on the track at the wall. See ya! Home run, Aaron Judge. His 25th and it's a one nothing Yankee lead.
1: There against one of the toughest pitchers in the American League this year. That was
0: impressive. That's right. <laughs> if you want to start off something good, let's go ahead and get a home run with good old Mr. Aaron Judge. That was Michael Kay from the Yes Network, and he does a spectacular job. I think he's one of my favorite play-by-play announcers in Major League Baseball. And then in the fifth, their catcher, Kyle, he goes ahead and hits a three-run home run. So that... That was pretty good. So, suddenly, there they are. They got four runs in the fifth. The Yankees didn't score again after that. It was, you know, it just wasn't great, okay? Uh, All they needed was those four runs. The Rays did manage to come up with three more. But then there was some weirdness, too, by the end of the eighth inning. Or I should say, I guess, top of the eighth. There's some movement going on after Randy Rosarino got hit by a pitch. And the next thing I know, there's some movement going out to the mound and there's going to be a change maybe with the pitcher. Well, there's some back and forth. Umpires are out there, and they're deliberating for 16 minutes. And all this is about how many visits, mountain visits you can have during a certain period of time and what may or may not be it. We'll, we'll go into detail here in just a second. But the, the sad thing was, 16 minutes, uh, you know, trying to look at a rule that's supposed to help speed up play. There's a lot of new rules about that, so they all have to sit out there the empires, and look over their books. Meanwhile, Aaron Boone, not walking to the field, going straight up to, that I think, that first baseline without actually crossing it <laughs> and having a discussion with them as well. Let's see here. Let's have a look-see what actually happened. Here's an article from the Sporting News. The game was delayed 16 minutes as they tried to decide whether Yankees manager Aaron Boone was slowing down the game too much. Boone had come out to the mound in the top of the eighth to make a pitching change. He wanted to bring in Luis Litke to replace Miguel Castro with runners on first and second. The umpires were unclear as to whether the change was permitted, which led to a lengthy meeting on the mound. Good gravy people, can't we figure this out? Well, after 16 minutes of conversation, they allowed Leckie to come into the game, ending the debate over a rule implemented to improve pace of play. Okay, I mean, it's like watching student drivers in a school parking lot, you know, <laughs> still running into the cones. And, I mean, that's what it felt like looking at these umpires trying to figure out what the hell ru- rule is. But the rule in question, according to this article, let see, is uh, about the mound visits. Umpires were attempting to determine whether the Yankees could take Castro out, despite him not throwing a pitch after a mound visit from Yankee coach Matt Blake. So, let's see. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about that rule next week. But it's it was just it's crazy. Uh, it's, there should never be a delay that long. But after Wednesday, here's what here's what we were looking at as far as who the Yankees were. Forty six, and they're forty six and sixteen. They are thirty games over five hundred in winning. The Yankees have won six in a row, but if you look just at their home uh, games, their last thirteen times that they were there at home. They have won. And the Yankees, that is the longest winning streak at home since 1973. So tonight, Thursday, they've got the last of the three games and they very likely will sweep the Rays. But it really didn't matter as far as what happened with the Rays. They did lose, you know, three to four. And another Tampa Bay team that had a hard night was the Lightning. Brandon uh, will tell us a little bit more about that as Mr. Sports Pod. But first, let's hear what he has to say about the MLB rundown on all teams for the last week.
1: All right, Mark, thank you. And hopefully you recovered well enough from your little run through Louisville International Airport you had when I called you the other day. But with that being said, we'll get into the rundown where I'll start in the NL East, where we have a couple of teams on some big hot streaks. One of those is not the New York Mets, who are 41 and 23. Just behind them are the Braves, four games back at 37 and 27. The Phillies at 32 and 31 are 8.5 back. The Marlins 11.5 back at 28 and 33. And then the Nationals are 23 and 42, 18 half eighteen and a half back. I mentioned hot streaks and I'll start one with the Phillies, who they did fire Joe Girardi just a few weeks ago. They have won 11 of their last 13 since they fired him, and to be fair to him, he was the first win of that run. But since the calendar turned to June, the offense and the starting rotation has really carried this team. And according to Deadspin, they scored 67 runs in a 10-game stretch earlier this, this month. Hoskins, Schwarber, and Harper, they've gone hot with Harper and Shorber homering in 11 of the last 12. Bryce and Stott. Has really led the bottom half of the lineup and getting on base so the top half or so the top third of the lineup can knock him in. And their starting pitchers, their their big concern outside of their defense, was their bullpen. And the starting pitchers have done a really good job of going deeper into games so they can keep the ball out of the bullpen's hands, and they've really, really flourished ever since they've started doing that. And the defending champs, the Atlanta Braves, have won their last 14 games. They've gotten offensive production up and down the entire lineup. The pitching staff has arguably been the best in the NL, if not all of baseball this season. And unfortunately, they did lose Ozzie Albies to a foot fracture and put him on the 60-day IL just a few days ago. But we all know this team is good enough to overcome that as last year they won a World Series without one of the best young talents in baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. And over this hot streak, they made up over five games in the Mets' lead who are playing about 500 ball over the last, last few weeks, capitalizing on the Mets' tough stretch where they played teams like the Angels, Padres, Dodgers, Nats, and Phillies, with a bit of a weaker stretch of their own where they played the Diamondbacks, Rockies, A's, Nationals, and Pirates. Going to the NL Central, the St. Louis Cardinals are in first place with a record of 37-28. and 28. They, are a, they are a game and a half ahead of the Brewers, who are 35-29. and 29. The Pirates in third, ten and a half back at 25 and 37. The Cubs at 23 and 39, are 12 and a half back, and the Cincinnati Reds at 23 and 40, 13 games back. Closing out the NL portion of the rundown, we close out out west, where we actually have a tie for first place. The Dodgers are 39 and 23, are tied with the Padres, who are 40 and 24. The Giants are four games back at 35 and 27. Diamondbacks 30 and 35 are ten and a half back. And the Rockies, 12 and a half back, are 27 and 36. And it doesn't surprise me that there's a tie for first place at all. Mark and I have been talking about pretty much all season that we think that the NOS could be a dogfight between these three teams. And even though the Giants are four games back, that that's just a little bump in the road for the Dodgers or for the Padres for them to get right back in this race. And I think this, this race is going to go down to last week of the regular season. So I think we're going to be in for a real a real treat watching this division. All right, moving to the AL. We're in the AL East where the Yankees are in first place. They're on a big hot streak as they've been all year. They are 46-16. and 16. And with last night's win, the Yankees are just a sixth team. And this is according to Rich Eisen. He tweeted this out last night. The Yankees are just the sixth team since baseball integrated in 1947 to win 46 of their first 62 games. Those other teams are the 2001 Mariners, the 98 Yankees, the 84 Tigers, 55 Dodgers, and the 53 Yankees. And good news for Yankees fans, each of those teams, except Seattle, won the World Series that year. And they've also gotten help from Matt Carpenter. Just a few weeks ago, he was released from Triple AAA affiliate, Round Rock. And since coming to the Yankees, he's at six home runs and 13 RBIs, including a two-home run, seven-RBI performance Sunday against the Cubs. And he is one home run away from his total over his last 180 games in St. Louis. That according to Bleacher Report. And according to John Heyman, both the Red Sox and the Braves were in on trying to sign Matt Carpenter, so... A bit of a double benefit there. Stealing a, a player from your rival. And he turned out to benefit you in a big way. So it worked out pretty good there for the Yankees. Going back to the standings. The Blue Jays are in second at 37-25. Nine games back. The Rays, they fall to third place. They are 11 games back at 35-27. and And they're, they're just not playing good baseball at the moment. Watched the game Tuesday night and some of the game Wednesday night. And that, that was just not fun to watch. That's not... Rays baseball, their pitching isn't there. Defense just was bad and lazy. It's it's just not not a good stretch right now for this team. And don't look now, the Red Sox are closing in on the Rays. They're twelve and a half games back at thirty four and twenty nine, playing eight and two ball over their last ten, so they're getting going. And then the Orioles, unfortunately for them, are in last place at twenty seven and 37, 20 games back. In the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins are still in first place, 37-28. and 28. Two and a half games ahead of the Cleveland Guardians, who are 31-27. and 27. We've gotten a little bit hot. They're going 8-2 over their last 10. Chicago White Sox, 30-31, five games back, hovering around 500 over their last 10 in the season as well. The Detroit Tigers continue their disappointing season as it just seems to be getting worse for them. They looked lifeless against the White Sox yesterday. They are 24 and 38, 11 and a half games back. And Then the Kansas City Royals, 21 and 41. And I, I know I've riffed on the Tigers, but I, I want to offer you a bright spot since I like to look on the try to find the positives and the the bad. Tariq Skubal has been probably the lone bright spot for the Tigers this entire season. I mean, to me, he you can make a case for him being a top 10 pitcher, top 15 pitcher. And not just in the A.O., but all of baseball. As his ERA is 2.71, that's just outside the top 10. His walks and hits per 9 innings pitched, he ranks 8th at 1.019. Strikeouts per 9 innings, he is 5th at 1.55. Strikeouts per 9 innings, 7th at 9.689. Tenth in innings pitched at 69.2. His strikeout to walk ratio is 5th at 6.25. That's ahead of guys like Garrett Cole, Verlander, Cortez, Montgomery, and Alex Manoa, who's arguably been the best pitcher in all of baseball this year. In his hits per nine innings, he ranks fifth at .517. So to me, I think it should be a no-brainer that he's a Tigers representative in the All-Star since, you know, everybody has to have a representative. Unfortunately for him, I don't think he's going to. Because, you know, it's sort of like a popularity contest. So I think Miguel Cabrera is going to get it. Since, you know, this is probably going to be it for him this year. So I think it's going to be Cabrera that gets the all-star nod for the Tigers. But I think Scooble should get it. Lastly, we'll close out in the AL West. where the Houston Astros, they're still in first place. Putting a good gap between them and the rest of the field at 39-24. and 24. They're 9.5 ahead of the Rangers, who are 29-33. and 33. 10.5 ahead of the Angels. 11 ahead of the Mariners at 28-35. and 35. The Angels are 29-35. and 35. I left that out. I apologize. Mariners 28-35, 11 games back. And then lastly, the Oakland A's at 21-43 are 18.5 back. And the Angels, they made headlines last week as Joe Madden was fired. And I don't think everything was his fault. They were trying to get an extra boost. I think it's just organizational or, or a curse or something. Because I mean, with this lineup and having guys like Trout and Pools for the past decade and not win anything, I, I have nothing else really to explain other than there has to be an organizational failure or, or something along those lines. But Joe Madden, he's done a bunch of he's done a bunch of crazy things. He did it in Tampa. Did it in Chicago. Does crazy things to sort of fire up the team. So he thought, hey, I'll, I'll get a mohawk. Maybe that'll get everybody going and maybe turn the season around a bit. Unfortunately for him, he didn't get a chance to show it off. Because just after he got his haircut, the organization came to his house and told him that he was fired. So he, he didn't get to show off his, his new due. And they were hoping that it would have the same effect as it did in Philly where they fired Joe Girardi. But unfortunately for the Angels, they are 2-6 and six since then. So that does not seem to be the case.
0: Well, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that update on everything going on in the MLB divisions. Eh, quite insightful. So, what's going on with the other sports?
1: Yeah, Mark, we got a ton of other stuff going on in sports. We got the the NBA finals going on. That could be closed out by the time this show is is posted out there for everybody to listen to. With the 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 uh, Celtics and the Warriors going on Game Six. I haven't watched as much about that, but I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I would like to watch it from time to time, especially in the playoffs, because it seems a little bit more exciting. But my big thing has been the the Stanley Cup final. As you know, Where Mark and I live in the Tampa Bay area, so Lightning in it once again. got a little bit of – we got something on the line here. So Lightning have a chance to win three in a row, something that hasn't been done since the 80s Oilers. So anytime you can get mentioned with the Oilers in the 80s, you're you're doing something right. Unfortunately, they dropped game one four to three in overtime. It was the Lightning play a weird game in game one. They sort of do like a feel out process. Some people don't really. They just think, oh, they they stink in game one, which I mean, record wise they do, but they usually use game one as sort of like the feel out game to figure out what to do. They 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 did it against the Stars a few years ago where they got blown out in game one I think it was like five to two six to two, something like that, and people were like, "Oh man, what's wrong with the lightning?" And the lightning went and won the cup in six, so they've done this before. I'm not too worried, but the avalanche I mean, I've picked them to win it a couple times the past few years. They got a great lineup Nathan McKinnon, I think he's very underrated, sort of like how Steven Stamkos is here. I think that he's one of the top players in in hockey, but he just doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's not in the the biggest of markets. Then they got Cal McCarr. He's he was a steal at the draft. I remember the Avalanche were like the worst team in the NHL and the draft lottery they ended up having to pick fourth. And people were like, oh no, they got the worst season and they're not even going to get a top prospect from it. But here they are. They did get the top prospect in Cal McCar, who I mean watching him last night, dude was all over the ice. He always seemed to have the puck on his stick, creating dangerous chances so I think this is gonna be a really fun series. I'm I'm not gonna do a prediction because I'm I'm just not good at predictions that have longtime listeners have known. But I think it's gonna be a really fun series to watch. And you know, I gotta bring up racing. There's no cup for Xfinity series racing this year in NASCAR this week in NASCAR. But the truck series they are going to race on dirt once again, they're at uh Knoxville this week. Hopefully it's better than it was last year, where it was sort of a wreck fest, but I love watching the dirt races. I personally think the second dirt race should be at Eldora. That tra- track seems a little bit more fitted for big, heavy stock cars or, or trucks in this case. But it's at Knoxville, so hopefully it's a good race and I'm proven wrong. And I think that's pretty much it. Oh, actually, summer mini camps in the NFL are wrapping up around this time, so football is just around the corner. It'll be here before we know it. I know I love football, my favorite sport. Pretty much everybody's favorite sport in America since it's the biggest sport out there. So, that football season will be here before we know it. And, Mark, back to you.
0: All right, Brandon. That's fantastic, man. Let's hope that the lightning and the rays both sharpen up a bit and can bring a few more Champa Bay titles back to the city, or at least the area. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thanks again for joining us today. And just remember, you can find us here. You can find us on almost every podcast directory. Talk about iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Also, you can find Brandon at Sports Splits Pod on Twitter. And you can find me, Mark, at The Baseball Biz on Twitter. Until next week, we'll be talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to XTakeRUX for the music rocking forward.